from the Dub Lab Studios in Virgil Village, Los Angeles, California. This is North Mollywood. I'm Alex Papadimus. In the studio with us today, Andrew T. from Yo! Is This Racist? And sitting across the table from me, world's biggest La La Land fan, jazz savior, Molly Lambert. I like the pure jazz. <laughs> you oh like God. the pure jazz. <laughs> no, that's stepped on jazz. I like it pure. I was going to ask before we started recording if I could be officially upgraded to series regular. Oh, yeah. Now, in title. There's a ceremony. It's chain, <laughs> it, it, It's chaining day. Oh, we'll have, there'll be a whole there, there'll be a whole thing. We don't have you know we don't have time to do it because we got to clear out of the Dub Lab Studios by 10 a.m. Of course today. We're but talking we're gonna fast. we're gonna haze you. We're Dude. talking fast. <laughs> we're talking fast like people do in jazzy old movies. Jazz movies. Um, Molly. <laughs> hey, Alex. Have you seen any films recently? Well, as a matter of fact, yesterday I saw the movie La La Land. So this movie. Was kind of made to troll you, I will say. Uh, many people love it. I, I was, I, I really enjoy both of the leads in it, but I, I didn't like it. But you, Molly, I feel like this was like for you. It's, it is right into a zone of. I, I wish I had a film like a time lapse of you watching this movie. Oh man, I wish I could have forced you <laughs> to sit there and watch me watch it. Were you by yourself, or were you no? I was not by myself. Okay. Oh, you should have done a reaction video. Oh God! <laughs> you watching? Certain people uh, unboxing in my own house said, "Get that out of here! I'm not watching that." <laughs> so I went to my friend's house, who had already seen it, and she said, "I'll watch it again, even though I didn't like it, just to like, ha- so you don't have to watch it alone. As long as we can make fun of it the whole time." And I said, "Sure." Yeah. Um, and then we were like. A little bit into it, and I was like, "Oh my god, how much longer is this?" And we were like twenty minutes in. <laughs> I was like, "We must be halfway through by now." No, this must be Act Four. Oh my god, you know that it's gonna. It's I hate that when they're like, "Oh," and it's in seasons, so you know oh, we gotta yeah. wait for that other season to come back around. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. So you're like, "Oh, there's at least Good 150 Lord. more days of summer." Oh my god, there's so many, <laughs> so many days of summer. I, I took notes. <laughs> um, brought my notes. That's how we know it's real. Oh, um, you have a lot of notes. <laughs> Molly has uh, what Martin Luther nailed to the door of the church in yeah. hands right now. I don't even know what this is. My There's first, a lot of parchment. My first note screed more is than... that in the first scene, when the music started, I said, oh, no, out loud. <laughs> <laughs> My second main note, which I've has been my point about this movie before I even saw it, is that nobody needs to explain jazz. The jazz speaks for itself. <laughs> that, okay. A lot of people do, though. That skips pretty far. There's many crimes before he explains um, jazz. I, I mean, I can just read from my <laughs> copious notes about my feelings. Can I ask Alex a question yeah, first? Sure. Because I was going to tweet, but I didn't because I was already in another flame war about <laughs> about La La Land. La La Land. <laughs> is that I feel like La La Land only works if you think the leads deserve happiness. And I immediately, as soon as I saw his car, I was like, nope, I'm out. I want him to be sad. <laughs> and though there's no spoilers on the ending, it doesn't really matter. You still need to watch the movie wanting him to be happy. And I was like, I don't. 
I want him to be sad. I want him to be uh, real sad. So I don't know. I just, to me, it feels like you have to be invested in them. And if you're not, why would you care? Okay. Here's what my friend Mike said is the core problem is that this is a movie about two creative people falling, trying to fall in love and make it in La La Land. And the thesis is that those things are incompatible. Mm-hmm. You have to like devote yourself to your art or you can be in love, but not both. But it's because they are both artists who are incapable of collaborating with anybody. And so Ryan Gosling is a jazz pianist, but he like can't play with anyone else. He can only play by himself, which makes him the worst jazz musician in the world. He has like no interest in collaboration, no interest in improvisation. He just wants to play what he wants to play, and he can only do it all alone. And Emma Stone is an actress but you never see her acting with anyone. She only just acts by herself in a room, which is also not how acting works. She just auditions mm-hmm. and does monologues. My favorite thing was the person who said that the movie is like the wholesome memes version of Mulholland Drive. <laughs> That's a good movie that I wish I had watched. You were, you were probably like, I'd like to bail on this. Like in this 20 minutes, I'd like to watch Mulholland Drive again. Oh man, I wanted to bail so many times, but I was like... Gotta do it for the podcast. I really want Mulholland Drive to become like Hairspray, where it morphs back into a stage musical <laughs> after being a film. Like then, you know, and then goes through that whole cycle and then becomes a movie version of the stage version. I would the Mulholland Drive that. musical would be a billion times better yeah. than La La Land. I would love to see that. It would have almost the same. It would have the same style same of music. plot. Yeah, basically the same, same cinematography. Plot. The collaboration thing is really interesting. I feel like. There's also a thing. Well, yeah. At one point uh, during the the peak mansplain, he talks about how jazz, like the two, the two, uh, the uh, the when the saxophone player and the trumpet player are trading solos, he's like, it's like they disagree about it, and it's like, nah, man. That right. what <laughs> that that guy just went off on his own, and like, yeah, like no, I think those are professional jazz musicians. They yeah. probably understand what the other guy is doing. Here's a question that I have for both for both of you. Having now that everybody's seen it, now we're all on the same page. Yeah, and it's two against one. And Andrew, you brought this up about whether or not if if it only works if you want them to be happy. I feel like it only works if you assume that Gosling's character is supposed to be an asshole. He's such an asshole. And if you if you watch it that way, if you watch it as a movie about a, a young woman who comes to Los Angeles and falls in love with this jazz asshole, like it makes a, a lot more hole. sense. A jazz hole. And like then it makes a lot more sense as a movie about, oh, this is a relationship. It probably sort of like defined a lot of things for her. And it's like that was the thing that needed to happen. But like they're not meant to be together because he's actually like not a good person. He's, I didn't like, really like her nice. either. Yeah. But this is what I'm OK. Fair enough. But like that's how, that that was the sort of like the, the the continuity revise that worked for me. Like if you watch it as like, and I don't know. I mean, obviously Ryan Gosling. I don't know if he would ever say that. But there's something about or anybody like, and I don't think the director knows that. I think you're supposed to think that these are both great people. But yeah. it works if you're like, oh, this is a story about like the first guy that I dated in Los Angeles, and okay, right, yeah. He had this car. He was really into jazz. I don't know. He was the first thing he said I should have known was like, let me explain jazz to you. And I should have brought it up with him right then. But I, I'm so I'm so young. That's La La Land for me. She should be looking back on this from like middle age. What's funny like, about that too mistakes. is that I've talked about this movie a bunch with 
my old college boyfriend, Dan, who is a blonde guy who loves Los Angeles, and so do I, and we both are so mad about this movie. Mm. <laughs> We're like, as a redhead and a blonde person from oh, yeah. Los Angeles, we have so many problems oh, man. with the depiction of Los Angeles in this movie. I just feel like it made me think of like Her, which was another movie I did not care for, and 500 Days of Summer, and they all have this same kind of like san- super sanitized... Like, L.A. is so beautiful and also clean and never sketchy and yeah. just, you know, sort oh, of superficially diverse, but none of the minority characters ever get Our to talk. characters at all. They, they sing in that first number uh, and then white. they disappear. Uh, so, uh, quick tangent. How mad is Joseph Gordon-Levitt right now? <laughs> I, I, when I was watching that first dance number, I was like, Oh my fucking god! He is just—I imagine him like slamming a phone book against the wall so hard. I imagine him running up the wall, like <laughs> yeah, well, and then running <laughs> Donald up the O'Connor wall, yeah. and singing in the rain again. The thing about um, La La Land, I was like, is I'm dovetailing with the, when when they won the Golden Globe, um, the people that the movie is nominally criticizing, like all the superficial people at the multiple parties they go to are in the world of La La Land, if La La Land existed, those are the people that would love La La Land the most. For sure. Well, it's a movie that's just about the entertainment industry, which is like a tiny part of Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, and every We can all agree the worst part of Los a, Angeles. Yeah, it's a movie for, for tourists. It's a movie yes. for, <laughs> for people that don't really live in the real Los Angeles who like live in Santa Monica and never go anywhere else. My question is, why do you guys hate love? No, it's not. That's not my question. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good question. Let's question. talk about that. Let's talk about why we hate wait, wait, love. Why? Okay, if you want to um, answer it. I'm trying. No, why let's just talk about. Question. Uh, wait, here's my, other, here's my other nitpick. Is that every single thing he talks shit about that Samba club. That made me so mad. Is exact, And it's racially tinged. Because yeah. he's like, I love jazz. Like, I love white guy jazz. That's what I'm saying. There's a weird racial purity thing to his whole, I only like pure jazz. We'll be talking more about La La Land in a minute, but first, here's an ad. Not to get all jazz-splaining on you guys, <laughs> but do you know what a moldy fig is? Hell no. Okay. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for it, but I want you to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I, need to know, I need to know it five seconds before you tell me. <laughs> A moldy fig is somebody who only likes old-timey jazz, and it was a term they made up in, like, the 50s, maybe, for people who hated bebop, because Uh they were like, "Mm, I don't like this new angry jazz. I just want the old swingy jazz. I need It's not jazz unless it's got six trombones. Yeah, and it's become a term, like, throughout the history of jazz to describe people who become jazz hardliners about like the old stuff was better who have a cutoff somewhere yeah because it's I've, it's been applied it seems like to people like to the like people have said it about even about like Wynton Marsalis yes. or something that like and now if you, you have, stop at bebop you're also a moldy yeah. fig and now you have like rap moldy figs like there are a lot of guys who are like mm, I only listen you know I everything was better up until 1998 and then it, it's been bad ever since oh for sure that's why I have to apologize for my generation of rap fans <laughs> But it's the it's like backpackers. It's I was like going to just out you backpacker. as a backpacker. I am such a former backpacker. We need to do that show. 
Oh yeah. It's just it, it's fully <laughs> the fully embarrassing backpack rap years show. Like that's a that's another thing. So I could absolutely see like the rap version of this. Well, I'm like rap, that, but for DJ Screw. <laughs> <laughs> I have a real weird iPod. Um, I don't think rap exists in this movie is one of the many weird things about it. Rap doesn't exist. It does, though, because there is very much, that's what John Legend's band. No, John Legend plays jazz fusion. fusion. No, well, here, here's the thing. Okay, here's my other question. Why is John Legend supposed to be such a bad person yeah, in this movie? There's clearly... everyone in this movie agrees that John Legend's character is a bad guy, and all he does is hire Ryan Gosling based on no audition yeah. to ha- yeah. be in his successful band. There... What a jerk! The only actual good people in this movie are John Legend and Ryan Gosling's sister in the first scene. Well, I felt legit bad for uh, for John Legend's character. I did. I was like, I was like, what did he do wrong? I, I mean, like, put John Legend in a musical for, for fuck's sure. sake. For sure, he can sing. Uh. That was my main comment was whoever told uh, Ryan Gosling that he sounds like Chet Baker was lying. I think that might have been out of necessity. Someone was like, here, here's Chet Baker sings because this is what we're getting. Because if I you know, heard his, but I, he's thought, like, he's like, I know, but it was sounding like someone doing a really bad yeah. Chet Baker attempt. And I, I had thought Ryan Gosling could sing because he came from the Mickey Mouse Club. So I thought he had chops. I thought he had those little <laughs> mm. little well, child actor chops. This. But he Mickey Mouse Club singing is more throat singing because it's for kids. <laughs> and it's just oh, he can like only yelling do, high. Yeah, he's only good at Tuvan throat singing. He only likes pure Tuvan Tuvan throat singing. Uh, I would also watch the La La Land about Tuvan throat singing. I'd watch it about like anything but what it's about, which is just pure uh, jazz, which what, is not a thing. Pure jazz. Some D minus observations about Hollywood parties. Uh, yeah, did you guys know screenwriters are annoying? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I saw Night of Cups. That <laughs> screenwriter would love La La Land more than fucking anything. The, the moment they lost me, which was so early on, was when Ryan Gosling is humiliated to be in the 80s band. And I was like, are we supposed to think that it is bad to have to play an aha song or a flock of seagull songs? Because those are both good songs, better than any of the songs, the original songs in the movie. Also, yeah. she calls him George Michael as a diss, and it was right was after it a George. Diss? Ma- it was yeah. right after George Michael died, and there I was like, was oh, so too much- soon. Yeah. yeah, I was like, is that a diss? Because like Ryan Gosling would hate Careless Whisper because it's like too smooth. Well, it also okay. This also makes no sense in the context of it being set in Los Angeles, which is the birthplace of West Coast jazz, which is like cool, laid back, smooth jazz. Non-purist. Non, I mean, he doesn't even like bebop, though. It doesn't even make any sense what he likes. He's not like, oh, I only like, you know, this era of like Blue Note. He's like... You never really get what kind of music he likes, except that he likes to play like one sad song on the piano that doesn't even really seem that jazzy. What if he's like just like if he had been really into like like sheets of sound, like the most hard, far out kind of free jazz. That would jazz. be rad. If you were into like, he's like space he's jazz. Like, what? Yeah, to like MSL, like what? You don't understand. If you don't like free jazz, like let me put. <laughs> I got 90 Archie Shep records. Okay, look, that's me. <laughs> I'm going to read from my notes that I angrily jotted down while watching this movie. Whoever styled Emma Stone for her Vogue cover hates her. <laughs> I saw that issue of Vogue that she's in the other day. Mm-hmm. Whoever styled her for that really hates her. Uh, using gels and saturated colors does not make you a good director. Same thing goes for Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, mm. If a woman made this movie, nobody would take it seriously. That's true. 
Uh, the music is fucking terrible. Uh, uh, here in my notes, they say corny and stupid, not funny or charming. <laughs> also, I kept thinking about what if this movie had been made 15 years ago, would it have been set in San Francisco and called Frisco? Yes, probably. Uh, I thought about it. Like, would this have been like if this had been a Kevin Klein and Archer movie from 1989, uh, it would have been like, oh, that was charming. A lot of people would have liked it. It would have it would. It's weird that it's the attention that it has gotten feels like disproportionate to like the type of movie that it is. It's just got a lot of money for marketing. It's a gold. Mm -hmm. It was a Golden Globe winning machine that won a bunch of Golden Globes. And like that was the like uh, I knew it was sort of a fait accompli. I knew the fix was in when Debbie Reynolds died. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I said, oh, no. So what you're saying, the producers. I said, oh, no, now La La Land's going to win everything because they're going to bank on like musical nostalgia using Debbie Reynolds. And then my friend Lizzie said, well, no, because maybe then people will watch Singing in the Rain and be like, oh, this is what a good musical is like. That never is how that works. <laughs> Shout out, though, to the uh, Debbie Reynolds, Carrie Fisher documentary, which I watched last night on, on HBO. Tight. I had a much better experience last night. Yeah, you got to do something night. good Well, I did. I watched La La this movie Land. two weeks ago, so I was fine. Like, I had, I had, my time was free. Andrew um, and I oh, should have come over movie. and, like, funny games to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone you someone needs to get kicked off a catamaran. <laughs> um... Can I can I interject my small little thing, yes. which is a tiny part of it, but I didn't really have to pay attention to the second half of the movie because I was engaged in a flame war with a couple of terrible people uh, because this is a teeny, 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 teeny part of the crimes of La La Land, but there's a part where a white guy f- fake speaks Chinese. I wrote, I think I wrote fake speaks Chinese and people are like, he was, he's speaking real Chinese, but he's not. He just is like... He got it written out phonetically, but you don't actually pronounce the English characters the same way you would. They're just representations of a Chinese uh, character. And he just kind of reads it, and it's the thing I hate the most. And it doesn't bother me that much, but it happened. It's it's like in uh, Daredevil when D'Onofrio like, fake speaks Chinese, and everyone's like, ooh, he knew what was going on the whole time, or like Chris Tucker. And it's just super annoying, and then... I, so I just wrote, why didn't you motherfuckers tell me there's a white guy speaking, fake speaking Chinese in this? And so many people had were just tying themselves in knots explaining why All the Goslings okay. got in your mentions to be like, it's because the character is supposed to be annoying. A white guy in Beijing got mad at me? I muted him, but I think he's still actually That must happen on. to you a lot. <laughs> I you must get know. a lot of white guys who are like, let me explain Chinese culture to why you. Are they, what do they want? They want everything. Yeah, right. They want access to all of the world's cultures with none of the downsides. Mm, they want to travel anyway. the world like Anthony Bourdain, just sampling all the delights. Taking, yeah. Taking and Taking. colonizing. These foreign delights have foreign end. Look, I don't know. The point is... <laughs> Listen, Anthony Bourdain, he's eating the food at the restaurant. Yes. He's not, yeah. he's not like, I invented the taco. There's no, no I, I mean, and look, it's fine, but I was just like, this is the thing. Like, the real answer... Is the director was like, that's close enough. It sounds like that's Chinese what I'm saying. Guy. Every white person was like, oh yeah, it sounds like Chinese to me. Not yeah. thinking anyone who speaks Chinese would be like, hey, actually, well, this is this isn't the worst example of it. It just happens in Hollywood all the time. Yeah, and I'm just like, guys. I well, and also stop. they do that weird condescending like, oh, we got to appeal to the Chinese market, so we'll put like a Chinese actor in this movie for one moment, right, and like right, that'll right. make it a hit in China. And it's like. 
why don't you make some Chinese actors the leads? Yeah. You dummies. Well, because China doesn't care. <laughs> and that's not what they did in La La Land. But yeah, it is It is a thing. This movie could have been saved by Ryan Gosling being anything but white. Is what, yeah. I, what my friends were saying that yeah, I agreed that, with. I think that was the most important part. Like the fact that he's an annoying retro honky is like the most irritating part of it. And it does not, like you have to tie yourself up in Alex's narrative knots to like get to a point where this is a weird party at a cock, a weird story at a cocktail party about the worst guy she's ever dated. I don't know. I can't. I don't think that's actually what it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. that would it would it work, work. It would work for me. Yeah. He's a real guy. Yeah. I feel like I've met that guy. Oh, for sure, for sure. If you've worked in music criticism professionally, you have met that guy coming and going. But the one thing, all right, the one thing I will say about that guy, I have one friend who is almost that guy, uh, who's a jazz piano player. But those people in real life love. Every kind of music. Yeah, and they love talking about jazz in a way that's not like, let me tell you what jazz is. I also have a jazz pianist friend. You can be a jazz pianist in Los Angeles, but also like my my other friend was saying, like, yeah, if this were real, like where you know, why wouldn't he just go be in like Kamasi Washington's band? (laughs) Like this takes place in a world where like the jazz scene in Los Angeles is confined to playing at fancy supper clubs. And they do mention the Baked Potato, which is the jazz club in North <laughs> yeah. Hollywood. Didn't they close the Baked Potato in La La Land continuity? I'm saying, weren't no, they like, they were, oh, no, oh the baked yeah, potato. they, like, they like, got it. He's from like, the, I got it from the Baked Potato. Like, you know, all these yeah. fixtures. They uh, <laughs> got the original table. There's no mention of the Jazz Bakery, which was the big jazz club that no longer exists, where I saw many a jazz. Listen, shout out to jazz, though, America's popular music. You were saying, like, Damien Chazelle is, like, an anti-jazz menace now. I think, (laughs) look, I think that's that's really the thing that sort of makes me, that that, that upsets me about it, is that I do feel like both of those movies make it seem like jazz is this music for for jerks, for doctrinaire kind of people to tell you. It's music for Like, how it is, how it's supposed to be. Music to cuck by. That's, That's more annoying than, like, any sort of just you know poser discord punk could ever be about Look, music like that those people are like the worst people let me just say mm. white men can be annoying and condescending about any genre of music. <laughs> yeah. Fair. it doesn't matter what it is they will tell you about fucking disco like that's what we'll it tell is you about now hip-hop. tell you about hip-hop no that's true the funnest musics can become unfun yes. in the hands of talk about comedy Oh, God. Jesus crazy. Anything. Um, The most disappointed I was during the movie was when they saw Rebel Without a Cause and went to the Griffith Observatory, and I thought they were going to have a knife fight. (laughs) They did did drive on the sidewalk. Yeah. Which was another another thing. It's fucking magic hour. (laughs) Have we talked you out of this or what? No, no, we're keep going. (laughs) Have you talked me out of of liking Blah Blah? I'm reversing my my Oscar vote. That's the thing that made me the most angry was I was like, this guy is a fake jazz snob. He is a jazz poser. You can tell. Nat Hentoff, R.I.P. Nat Hentoff would would not. uh, We we did not. I don't think we got Nat's views on this, but he would not. He would not have gone along with this. Um, The other time I was the most excited was when I thought Emma Stone was vaping, (laughs) but then she just had like a pen in her mouth because she was writing a play. Okay. If they're in L.A. and they're modern and they're 
quote unquote jazz people, why are they not smoking weed in every scene? <laughs> why are they not taking Ubers in every scene? That was there was no Ubers. Oh yeah, oh, there's yeah. no Uber in this movie, and it's like I now when I see an LA movie without Uber or or smartphones, I'm kind of like, come on. This movie feels like it was written in the '80s and takes place in the '80s. Wait yeah. a minute. What if it takes place in like the long 80s where like the 80s never the downturn of jazz. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Never it's like ended. A they live where the yuppies won, which, <laughs> oh. by the way, they did. And time yeah, stopped. Yeah, talking? no, that's the thing. That's so the you're saying this takes place in the It Follows universe? Yes. <laughs> this takes place in the horrible Los Angeles that I like don't want to exist. If this movie involves, if the sequel to this movie involves uh, Ryan Gosling getting It Follows, I'm down. <laughs> uh, the hardest that I made myself laugh was. By singing uh, "City of Courts" to the tune of "City of Stars," <laughs> I was like, I was driving over here today. I was thinking about I was, I was singing "City of Sharks," <laughs> which would also be great. I'd managed to excise the music from my head, even though I watched it last night. I don't know how it goes. It. I actually could not sing it for you because none of the songs were memorable. I've Alex, heard the Alex beginning of City of Stars so many times. It is in my head now. Yeah. Last night, so the Golden Globes, like the whole thing. So I feel like I have That's that. I didn't little, watch the Golden Globes. That little second. Yeah. Um, look, here's you, how I would have fixed La La Land. Wait. Oh, it. before you get into that, can I ask a quick question about, because yeah. you guys both like musicals more than I do. Um, it's more of a me question. And uh, <laughs> here's, so here's my question. I realized while I was watching it is that. You know, because they talk about nostalgia so much and the whole thing plays explicitly on nostalgia and really, and the idea that like... Fake nostalgia. And the script says many times old-fashioned. Like they, it calls things old-fashioned. It calls the filmmaking, it it calls for old, quote-unquote, old-fashioned or filmmaking techniques. So it knows what it's going for in that regard. My question is, is there a part where like... Because musicals, when I was watching this, are about repression, right? You sing your feelings because you can't say or be your feelings. And then the music, when it's a musical number, it's it takes place outside of the continuity of the narrative. It, it just, it's like, this is my feeling about this now. But then you go back into it and that feeling was unsaid in, in the real timeline of it. Sometimes. Sometimes, Sometimes. you're okay. actually expressing your feelings, but they're so strong you can only do it through song. But then right. the person like heard it. Right, right, right. Okay. I guess my point is though, it's like the that whole like longing for repression thing just seems well, like a tool of doesn't the man. it seem really on you know timely? Well, in yeah, a way? exactly. Yeah. Uh, I could not stop thinking about the dapper Nazis during this movie because Ryan Gosling is such like an alt right dapper Nazi who's like, wasn't everything better a long time ago? Yeah. Don't we like this black musical form, but we're going to make it as white as humanly possible? With Ryan Gosling being the human personification of jazz. When we come back, I will tell you how to fix La La Land right after this jazzy ad. So Molly, how would you fix this movie? Well, some people might say it's unfixable. That it is just baked into the DNA, that it is broken. Some people might say it's perfect yeah. as what it is, but... <laughs> but... The Hollywood foreign it. press disagrees if with you. I if I were going to fix La La Land, I would put only standards in the movie. Wow. I would have all of the songs in the movie be standards and be like great, classic, jazz, fake book songs. That would be a really good argument for like old jazz is good. 
instead of these fake pastiche Hamilton light. I don't understand what genre of musical these are even going for because they are neither jazzy nor musical theater-y. They were just sort of like wan and weird and like sometimes a little samba-y, which is weird because Ryan Gosling hates samba. He fucking hates Samba. It's an anti-Samba movie. Why the fuck does he hate Samba? What, what is it? wrong very, with him? Really he hates Samba agreeable genre. He says that why you should do one thing good or the other. And then he's like, I want to sell fried chicken and play. Uh, and and I love Charlie Parker, but I don't actually mm. love people. Oh, I just found the part of my notes where I drew the word help in the shape of a saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> What if he was really into tapas? What if that was the thing that he was like just insufferable about? He mentions tapas. He says it. I'm saying, but what if instead of being opposed to it mixing with samba, he was actually like, it's just about, it's about sharing small plates of food, usually Spanish You're making a better argument for jazz, tapas, samba, all of the things. So you're saying what we actually want is a movie that is La La Land meets Chef, meets It (laughs) Follows, meets... uh, the fake book. I might just want tapas. Yes. There. Yeah. I was thinking I about get... every everyone says I love you, the Woody Allen musical, where people are not really good singers, but they sing old songs and it's very charming. Uh and how not charmed I was by any of the music or songs in this movie or the dancing, which also wasn't good. Um, Do you think better singing would have so many people I've heard have have been like, oh those they can't sing. And I'm like, I don't, is that the problem? I don't That's think it's not the problem because also musical theater singing is really annoying. There's like a type of singing yeah. that people do in stage musicals that you have to do in a stage musical in order to like hit the back of the theater. You got a belt. From but your diaphragm. From your diaphragm. <laughs> uh, one thing I was really mad about is they didn't do my favorite musical theater thing, which is dance so hard that when they come to the end of the number, they're they panting. Pant. Oh, yeah. I'm shocked they didn't do that actually. I, I wanted to see more pants. This movie had like no plot. It had, yeah. Well, it was it had so a, long. A paint by numbers romantic comedy plot driven by things that don't totally make sense, but that's fine my, to me because it's a musical. My other favorite part was when Gosling was in John Legend's band and he was wearing like a cool outfit and he was wearing like a white snapback and sunglasses. And I was like, now I wish this were a movie about like, an old-timey SoundCloud producer <laughs> who's like, I only make pure bedroom pop. I only make hard trance. <laughs> yeah. Mixed with, like, Yacht Rock mixed with that EDM movie. Yeah. I don't How's know. that EDM movie called? Uh, all My us. Friends? No. All this my is friends. Us. Wait, this is Us is a TV show. show. All My Friends? Yeah. Um, it's like an EDM This Is Us. Yeah. yeah. Log lines. <laughs> well, I was like, what if this movie took place in, like, the brain feeder world? You know, what if it took place in like a real reality grounded in music? Took place here, here in the Dub That's Lab what I'm studios. saying. Yeah. It took place in the Dub Lab studios. There is like. That would feel more LA to it me. It just made LA seem in, so yeah. lame. And people kept being like, oh, watch out. This movie's going to make everyone move to LA from New York. And I was like, they already did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no offense, Alex. But. <laughs> I've been here five years. I could look down on people now. <laughs> I got my card in the mail. It's really <laughs> exciting. You can now make fun of the Arabists. Pure mm-hmm. jazz. I am now pure jazz. I got my pure jazz card. All right. Do we, should we do these lightning round questions that have nothing to do with uh, jazz? Should we move I off got, jazz? I think I got it out of my system. Lightning round. Molly, who is the least reprehensible person on Vanderpump Rules oh, and why? that's a great question. This is a question from Talon Owens. In a weird way, it's Lala. Speaking of La La Land. 
because uh, her actions, although everybody else judges her for being morally corrupt, they think, because she's fucking a married guy, um, it's kind of all none of their business, and she's very upfront about it all the time. And she's a very good reality show villain because she's actually much better than the people that are supposed to be the heroes at this point because they're all like preoccupied with her slatternliness. Uh, most anticipated movie that you know of so far. This is from Kyle Amato, who has an awesome uh, Pikachu holding a rainbow flag avatar. Um, for the year? For 27th, forthcoming movie that you oh, know I don't of know. if I, you're anticipating I, anything. Not really anticipating any movies. I'm psyched for that Daniel Day-Lewis, Paul Thomas Anderson fashion movie, but that's not really going to come out in 2017. Oh, I don't, I don't even think. know I feel about like that. that's supposed to be this year, but it's not going to be this year. <laughs> I don't think he's, the, I think he's like writing it. I think he's like thinking about it. Uh, in from D Carrillo Carrillo 28, uh, inspired by the C Affleck talk, who is the most terrible person whose artistic endeavors you enjoy Ooh. the most, the most, Oh, it's such a long list. Na- yeah. I mean like, or, you know, I think if you give us, um, give us 12, uh, Oh, there's so many. And I also get <laughs> mad at people cause they're like, you know, I was, I was mad about Casey Affleck winning. And then I was like, people were like, yeah, but think of all the other even worse people. And I was like, No. No. It's not the point. We yeah. can't set this precedent it's again. It's a race to the bottom. Yeah. The answer is Dr. Dre. <laughs> My answer is probably Roman Polanski. Those are, that's a good answer. A bad dude. Yeah. Made some good movies. Lots of good. Even even before and after. Unlike Woody Allen, even after being a bad dude, continued to make good movies, thus really complicating the issue. Mm-hmm. Whereas Woody Allen, I feel like there's you, you can really pull the ripcord on Woody Allen. I like some late. No, I like some weird. I liked that one where Ewan McGregor and Colin Farrell are brothers in (laughs) Ireland. Nobody liked that one, but I did. But also, Woody Allen's action. Woody Allen movie? Yeah, it is. Remember when he made a bunch of British movies and everybody was like, they're secretly directed by Woody Allen. Wait, no, I remember Match Point and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he made like five more British movies. Oh, you like Cassandra's I like Dream. Cassandra's Dream. You're like the only person I've ever talked to who saw Cassandra's Alex, Dream. you would fucking love Cassandra's Dream. I don't want that to be true. You should watch it. You'd love it. Uh, what was the one? My dad was really hyping me on the one with Jason Biggs. He's a big fan of the one. Oh, that one's Jason real bad. Biggs. No, wait, is the one, which That's is the, the one, one where? Where he cast Jason Biggs because he thought he was Jewish and then found out he wasn't. What's the one where he? It's, no, the, the Great one. Uh, sorry, the one that my dad loves is the Larry David one. He's the re, he's really uh, whatever into the, works. Yes, he's really into whatever works. You know what I have to say to your dad? Whatever didn't, works. It didn't. <laughs> uh, my answer is Nico to that question. Um, Ooh, a very bad Nazi. Teutonic, uh, racist, you know, oh, r- race, yeah. race realist Nico all, uh, made some great records. All those Jewish singer songwriters were in love with that Nazi lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. That is a, I'm not going to answer that question because that's a question for me. Uh, how much longer is Jimmy Fallon going to be tolerated and propped up by having cool black friends? Asks Ultralight V. Uh, is he tolerated? Wait, Does is, he have cool black is, friends? Is, 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 are they talking about Justin Timberlake? Yeah. Do we think the roots are Jimmy Fallon's friends? Because I would go with they're his employees who tolerate him because they get paid to. Uh, I was really hoping he would be so drunk he would fall in the orchestra pit and die during the Golden Globes, but that did not come to pass. I mean, honestly, he was, that was, the Golden Globes was one of the few times everyone else in the room was as drunk as he is. I didn't watch any of it, and I felt great about it. And then I got that drained, uh, miserable feeling after watching La La Land the next he day. Did, he did an incredibly long Chris Rock impression that was... Insane. Oh, just it, channeling Billy Crystal, I guess. Yeah, it was yeah. longer. It was longer than any white person should do. Chris it was Rock, incredible. Can and we it, all agree that impressions are the lowest form of comedy? 
Well, I've been doing the South African voice, so I want to kind of keep it up South a little bit. African. I'd like to answer you in the voice of Bill Cosby. I'm no, not, I'm just please, kidding. I'm just kidding. God, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get. Clo- I wanted to almost do it just so you would just just to see the looks of horror on both your face. I want to be like, they oh. are, but I no, I can't. love Jay Farrow when he does it, even though it's I don't. It's not like super like I don't. It's not the most deft thing, but I love when Jay Farrow does it. So. Disagree. Hard disagree with Molly Lambert. I, I like bad Bill Cosby impressions, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Counterpoint, Dana Carvey. <laughs> yeah. All right, next question. Next. Uh, next question. Uh, what aspect, uh, in, oh, this is from Jeremy Childs, inspired by this uh, really kind of beautiful National Post tribute to girls in hoodies that ran oh, that over was Christmas. Very nice. uh, inspired by that. That made me feel like I was dead. It did, right? It was kind of like, look, it was like when Grantland died. It was like, it was like, it was like going to your own funeral. Yeah. Like you're, you're I was like, oh, it's thin. nice to see people say nice things about you when you're dead. Uh, what aspect of the internet are you most nostalgic for? Um, I don't know. Angel fire? <laughs> <laughs> Janky website design? Website design in general? Like, and you'd be like, here's a digging guy, GIF, to make sure that everybody knows this is under construction. <laughs> so... We're digging a Correct. ditch to put our content in. Yes. All right. Any uh, Peter J asks any chance that we can finally get the Bleeding Edge Book Club, which I believe was a, a, a we were going to do that on uh, my old podcast. Uh, but failing that, you and Molly and Andrew, you can join them too. Nice. Uh, make a pinchin taco stand names. That's a what do you I like gonna, that? I right. have a non made up answer though, which is that I know what Pynchon's favorite taco stand is. What? Okay, we forget it. I don't even want to make up names. Where is Pynchon's favorite taco Pynchon's stand? Pynchon's favorite taco stand, which is so good, is El Tarasco in Manhattan Beach, um, where I've been many times. They have the what? best chili relleno burrito, which is a chili relleno wrapped in beans wrapped in a tortilla sometimes it's two chili it's just like so many it's like a nesting doll uh it's so delicious uh that place is the best he used to go there all the time apparently when he lived in manhattan beach circa inherent vice era right because manhattan beach is gordita beach yes but the weird part is el tarasco is also uh from the hoku hit how do i feel the burrito song the best song ever that is the same. So that's the burrito pinch on and hoku that is the type of service that you get here on North Bollywood, bringing okay. p- people together. Uh, Molly, I'm sorry I made you watch that movie. No, you're not. I'm not really. I'm a little bit. I'm going to think of something you have to watch now that will hurt you. I did watch Newsies. But <laughs> I, I, and I would, I'm not going to make the argument. That the, I'm not going to argue equivalencies. Gosling is kind of a Christian Bale. He's a real Newsie. It's weird that he wasn't in Newsies, actually. Well, it's weird he's got that he a lot of, around. like, he's got he that weird young? Brooklynese. He might be too young. He's, he's too young. young, but he could have been crutchy. <laughs> he could have been crutchy. That, yes. That's I the title he probably of this read, He probably read for crutchy. He could have been crutchy. I read for crutchy and went, nothing. Uh, Guys, real quick, Carnitas of Lot 49. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm out. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew T. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Dub Lab. Thank you, Mukta Mohan. We'll be back. See you in La La Land. This episode of North Mollywood was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovich for the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at MTV Podcasts and subscribe to this and other MTV Podcasts 
wherever you find your favorite shows.